Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, you got to give us that five-star review that you've been meaning to do. And as always, we taught judging in MMA. Head on over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Forget what uh, what we talked about judging in, sir? I said MMA. No, it was a little pause there. Uh, I just paused. No, oh, all right. Yeah. All right, it's just more for effect. I think it was just my brain shut off for a second. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, it was almost like, yeah, we talked about judging in... It's not that I forgot. MMA. It's like like the the signal to make myself speak uh, was a little slow. What if just for like for you know for spits and gigs we we one time just did you know we talk about judging in the court system. I can I think I'm decently versed in that. You probably could. I I mean I I I've watched Better Call Saul. The thing is the, <laughs> the, the thing is you we apply the same thing because you can look at. Uh, the law as the criteria you know while some things you may not agree with but that's the way the law is written and that's the way you have to view uh the law i well, guess well now i would so. like uh, to see some sort of system of appeals where uh corners and and coaches and fighters will bring up sir i'd like to uh reference the the decision in this yes. fight of, of 2004 <laughs> precedence <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, but yeah, obviously this is it. This is an MMA show. It's not changing. We're not. We're no. not gonna. We're not gonna switch it up. This is uh yeah, and and we we're back after a nice little nice Memorial Day weekend break. I think yeah, it was enough nice to make break. everybody miss it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you were at CFFC. Was it the other I, day? Or was um, it last week? I actually was not there. You didn't go. Uh, it was raining. I didn't feel like driving down the New Jersey Turnpike in the rain. So I was, was it like, a bad rain? Day? It was, I can't remember. Yeah, was it, it was. Yeah. It was not good. Okay. I mean, it, it was terrible. I see. And I'm I to be honest, I'd rather drive in a blizzard than any rainstorm. Uh, I just I hate driving in rain. Ugh, see, I'm actually I I think I would rather drive in heavy rain because I have I feel like I have more experience in it than driving in like a blizzard. When it's a blizzard out there, I'm like, no, no, not even going anywhere. The thing with blizzard, you can you can see unless it's a whiteout, you can see. Everything when 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 it rains for me at night, especially the lights coming from the opposite direction blind me, and the lanes disappear. And hydroplaning scares the crap out of me. I, I like when you hit it like a large puddle while you're on the highway, and you're like, oh my god, the wheels going all over the place. Eh, not for me. I have driven enough in snow that wouldn't keep my car in the place I would prefer it to be either. That it's, I mean, this is the, more or less the equivalent of hydroplaning with snow. So I'm like, nah. Mm. I I don't like that. It's it almost has like the worst of everything. I also think in snow it's it's universal that everyone slows down. Where in rain some people do not. All right. I think so, you're you're probably on to something there, I think to a degree. Hmm. You know, at least in the northeast, you know, I, there's people who listen to us all over the country in the United States and and you know, in different parts of the world. I don't know how it is for you guys and and, and gals who are listening. I'm sure we have plenty of female listeners. Hmm. Um do we though? If we do, if you're if you're if you're a woman, and you listen to this show. Ch- just shout out to you first, and second off, let us know because I'm curious if we have some diversity uh, in gender of our show. But yeah, uh, this is kind of just the reality of living in the Northeast that you know sometimes mm-hmm. you you deal with uh, weird drivers in snow and and I guess rain too, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Enough weather. I don't want to talk about that anymore, sir. Let's talk about fights because we had live fights. fights. Uh, this wasn't. The most meaningful of events, I guess, no. you know, in, in the grand scheme, it was kind of just another fight card, right? UFC Vegas X number. Little, yeah, a little warm up to the pay-per-view mm-hmm. next week. Well, it, was, it was something to come out. And, and, you know, it was good to have live fights again. I think this card definitely exceeded the way it looked on paper, which happens a lot well, we got know, when it comes down to it. Four out of five first round finishes on the main card, right? Yep. Yep. Don't see that too often. Uh, yeah, and, so that's always cool. And there were some decent fights on here, too. I mean... Not not yeah. ones that were really standing out as far as like you know pre-fight, but they're they I think largely the action delivered some some duds in there too. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think of I guess the main event? Let's let's start with the main event here between uh, Alexander Volkov and and uh, Charzinha Rosenstrike. Not that it delivered because obviously it was a heavyweight fight that didn't go a full round, which did its job. Don't want more than five minutes of heavyweight action. What about the fight fallout? 
did it mean anything that Volkov got the uh, the first round finish of Rosenstrike to you, or I think, it comes out of here? I think it means something. Hey, don't forget about me. I guess a little bit. Okay, not I'm, I'm not still, writing him off. I'm still hanging around. I'm still here. I can still finish. So still dangerous. But does that mean he's like? I mean, do you think he's actually going to get himself to a title shot at any point? Not that he's next. Like no one would look at that and be like, oh yeah, he's next. But do you think he's even got a chance to get there? Like, do you think, do you see a run in him? Yeah, heavyweight's weird, so I... I... Forget about, like, the fact that it's a weird landscape right now, but even just him, you know? Do you think he's got enough in him to make a run, beat the right guys, and get Uh, to the top? Just looking at who's ahead of him on the meaningless UFC rankings. Yeah, accurate. I don't don't see him beating any guys. Maybe Derek Lewis, he has a shot. If they were to do that, yeah. Right, he was actually beating him when they did fight. And it sounds like he actually doesn't really care for that rematch. I think probably if I if I was to read the tea leaves it's because it doesn't really get him very far. Derek Lewis is kind of on the way down now. Maybe he, he beats Tui Vasa. Yeah, you know. But the know. others I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd have a lot of problems there. So yeah, this is really just okay, it was another heavyweight headliner between a bunch of guys who've headlined before. They like to use these guys as headliners, uh, but who they don't like to use as headliners are Aljamain Sterling and uh, Peter Yan, who've never headlined for the UFC yeah. before. It's, ever. It, it, someone posted something. It was Smoogie post- posted that. With, with what was the the main attraction or main event thing, what weight class was? Is that what you're thinking? No, I'm thinking of something oh. else. He was the one who pointed out the stat that I pointed out, basically. it was it, There's 11 combined heavyweight headliners for Volkov and Rosenstrike, and there are none combined headliners for... Sterling and Yan. Okay, that was from Smoogie, who's, who's uh, I think he's a good follow on on Twitter. Yeah, so basically, what what the one I was referring to was someone posted all the headliners for this year, and it's like almost twenty percent of cards is headlined by heavyweight. That sounds right. So I mean, there's still this thing amongst combat sports where heavyweight's the premier division for some reason. I don't know who really thinks that. I don't know who the ones at home are being like, oh, there's a heavyweight fight. I know we gotta watch that. I feel like at this point, the UFC has become so homogenous with these fight nights that they could stick literally anything there, Mm. and it's not going to make a whole lot of difference to most people, except if they find some certain transcendent type of names and fighters and that kind of thing. Sometimes it does elevate, but most of the time, I don't think it really does. It's just, hey, UFC's on. I watch UFC every weekend. I'll watch this, or I don't watch UFC every weekend. I'll watch when I feel like it. UFC has always been brand first, so... Well, this is what you've created. Yeah. it's uh, I don't necessarily love that. But I do like, I, there was debate about this, and we don't have to get into deep because we'll probably talk about it in a few weeks, but there was the whole thing with uh, Armin Sarukian is going to headline now against, who is he fighting? Now I'm, That's a good it's escaping fight, me. Actually, who, is he, who is he headlining against? It's, it's escaping me. I knew what I wanted to bring up. It's Armin Sarukian and, oh, man. I'm looking it up for you. Thank you. Let's see who he is. I know it's a good fight, actually. I, I, and the name is escaping me as well. This is almost proving the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Matush Gamera. Yes, yes. I like this fight. And I, again, we're not going to go deep into it because we'll talk about it in a few weeks. But the, everyone was debating, oh, is this... Uh, I, I think it was actually uh, Shaquille Majuri who who posted, a, he posed a, kind of a thought question, like a thought-provoking question that a lot of people kind of jumped down his throat for. It was probably mm-hmm. not fair to jump down his throat, but I, I guess I understand why people did to a degree. Uh, it was, is this the, uh, to some effect, it was like, is this the, like, the heavyweight, or is this the headliner with the least star power, star value, name value, that kind of thing? Um, I, mean, it, I don't know that that's necessarily true, you know? I think it's pretty close i don't think it's quite there i want to say norma dumont and uh aspen lad didn't they headline last year yes they that did. that is absolutely the lowest <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a record that can be beat because i mean it was women's featherweight in the ufc which is a division that doesn't actually post rankings mm. so they actually don't have hard, any it's rankings. hard it's hard to beat the I'm idea on, of yeah that. i'm on the page right now it is completely um it's a picture of amanda nunez and nothing else before. jedi goodman posts that picture every week <laughs> <laughs> with the latest UFC women's featherweight rankings, and it still cracks me up. What's actually hilarious, too, is I was looking at lightweight, just seeing where these two actually were right now, mm-hmm. and there's no picture of anybody because technically Charles Oliver is not the champion, <laughs> which is so silly. That is so stupid, too. Oh, hey, look, I, I have nothing against women's featherweight. I, I think in the Bellator, at least, division is, is something that they have some they have enough women there to rank. 
Uh, UFC really doesn't, so that's why it's kind of a, a joke there. But yeah, I mean, I don't care at this point about the star value. I don't want any more heavyweight headliners. So anything that they can do that's not heavyweights, I'm pretty much. I'm. Let's give it a shot. Why not? Yeah, it's a good fight. Yeah, I, I like that. So yeah, but at least this one didn't make us, you know, watch four or five rounds of of UFC heavyweight action. Mm. Uh, again, that's always a good thing. Outside of I, I and I said this before on the show, but I like watching the top, top, top heavyweights. I think the top cream of the crop they can give you good five round fights. Yes, the elite, the elite of heavyweight is great, and but then there's a big fall off. It's a after, giant so. fall off, and there's very few guys that I think you could put together and put together a fight that would look good over the course of five rounds. Mm-hmm. None of them will involve Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> no offense to. Uh, the Pitbull, but uh, I it's like just the Pitbull. Yeah, but you know, even when he was at his peak, I mean, were you, were we really enjoying his five round fights? Uh, I like I like the the uh, trilogy in the UFC with him and uh, Sylvia. Well, you know, they had the the fourth. Then they fight. had the quadrilogy yeah, yeah. out of it, right? I think it ended affliction? in a no contest. No, it wasn't affliction. Oh, I think it was, it was one. Oh, I think okay. it was one championship. And I th- I want to say there was foot stomps involved or something. Okay. But that they might not have been, I, I don't know. I, I'm now this is pulling from deep in my memory, so who knows how much this is right or wrong. But anyway, before we get into contested rounds, I guess probably a couple things we want to talk about. But the question I want to ask you is who was the biggest winner on this card? Probably Mobs or Evlev. Yeah, I would say so. He definitely uh, stood out against Danny Gay. Yeah, finally got a, a, a you know good solid name under his belt even though dan was on two fight losing streak but there's some there's some recent name value to dan it's not it's not like he's had any sustained success in the ufc at the highest level but he's been at this like co-main main event level for a large part of the pandemic yeah you know so pretty much that that win over um Edson Barboza mm-hmm. is what kind Debatable of pushed. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was obviously it was a it it was a him. close decision, uh, but we have a better understanding now of how yes. those works, sir. Um, so we can see why Rob, Rob Hines way. actually was on the show to help us. He did help us break that, that one. Down. Yeah, and and I think now we do see it a lot more the way that Rob did explain to us. Yeah, uh, shout out to Rob Hines uh, for for giving us a lot of the initial help. Yeah, in, uh, in Rob was good finding our way through the show. Rob was good to us yes he so. was yes he was um but yes yeah, so i would i would agree with you i think it's definitely got to be mosar evlewev is the big winner here uh yeah so that's, i don't know i don't really have much else i really wanted to kind of get into before contested rounds except for i guess you had something that you were thinking we should probably yeah talk the about one bit. yeah i guess it, i mean it's not judging related but it is officiating related we do officiating on the uh, show sure and the uh rama frakradimov uh and andreas Mikalidis fight Mikalidis grabbed the fence like seven times in the first round while he's being clinched and trying to be dragged to the ground. Mark Smith gave him a warning each time. I mean, I don't know. After six warnings at some point, I think it's time to take a point. I'm sorry, sir. This is mixed martial so, arts. This is not basketball. No, but I mean, two, I mean, I'm, basketball, uh, six fouls and you're out of the game true. in MMA, six fouls. And we're just you get a warning. Up. You get a warning. Even, I mean, even I thought, I thought Tyone gave a crazy long leash in the, uh, the fight Alex with uh, Silva and Joe Selecki. and and Silva and uh, Silva and Selecki. but he eventually did take the point. I, I don't know if he had a choice actually. But what was but, nice about it, and they pointed this out on the broadcast, rightfully so, that it was nice that they didn't interrupt the action. They just called out, yep. one point blue, mm-hmm. and and that was really really great to see because you just you always wonder like what would you do in a situation like that cuz we really don't see a lot of situations like honestly as much as uh the silva was grabbing the 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 cage with his toes did you think he was really gaining that much of an advantage as a result of it it was allowing him to move i know it and, was and, and, but like it wasn't getting him maybe. anywhere it it wasn't but i mean it it is a foul oh i, I so, don't disagree i don't disagree at all but i think the more i think the actual i don't know what the actual foul was for what the official foul was for i want to say it was most likely for defending by sticking his fingers in selecki's gloves cuz that is preventing him from being shot yeah see that's so, that's a much greater offense in terms of how it actually affects the fight i think i think 
the way he was grabbing with his toes, all the slaps that Toyoni gave him was punishment enough. Yeah. <laughs> kept slapping him. <laughs> he did. He did. He's going to go home. He's got a giant bruise on his foot. It's like, yeah, the ref did this to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, 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 I do think six warnings is a bit excessive. I mean, just, just take the point. I'm telling you, it's way, it's got to be much more. Like 17 warnings, I think, is what we're looking for. <laughs> like, I'm okay with two warnings. Hey, stop grabbing the fence. As long, I mean, hey, stop grabbing the fence. And then... All right, I told you enough. I told you in the back. I told you twice here. It's over. You lose a point. I feel like if, and this isn't in the rules, this would require some sort of ruling mm. and that kind of thing. So, and I already know how, how this would be received among officials. Probably they'd be like, no, you can't do that, idiot. But I would say if if someone is getting too much in trouble for grabbing the uh, the cage, maybe the fight can be moved away from the cage into the middle or something. Yeah. You know? mm just a thought. It's really just a thought that occurred to me. It might be a terrible thought. I will acknowledge that, but just putting it out there in the world. Perhaps. You know, let the world decide if it was a terrible thought or not. Maybe we go to a plexiglass instead of chain link, but make it like all the way up to the roof too. That way they <laughs> they all like fog up and then we can't see. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would need some kind of anti-fog technology. There. I think it, would be, it so, could be very tough if we do yeah. that because remember we do need people to be able to watch right, this. Sport. Yes, it is entertainment first. Yeah. Apparently, well, like you said, you're just you're just putting it on the world so, just like yeah, I just. Yeah. that's fine. And then I shot your shot your uh, exactly. idea full holes. Yeah, can you get get sweat streaks all down? Maybe the holes it's... that the cage needs in it or the uh, the plexiglass needs in. Got to be yeah, squeegeed every every <laughs> in between every round. Yeah. Especially in a COVID world, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough. Enough of our terrible ideas for how to fix a problem that's barely a problem. Let's go to contested rounds. Uh, we'll start with because we have seven of them. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there were a lot of finishes here, fortunately, but it was a long card. It was fourteen, fourteen fights, but I think it flew by because of the yeah the sheer number of fights uh, that ended early. And I didn't even get to watch this like all the way through. I was I was out with family during the daytime, so I didn't yes. get to watch as much. But yeah, let's let's start here with the split decision that we had from this card. And it was two rounds from Jeff Molina's split decision victory over Zaga Zumagulov. 30-27, 29-28, and then 29-28 the other way. So no cards, no two cards look the same. Let's start with round one, sir. What happened here? Uh, so, yeah, Molina comes out, lands a nice right. Then Zuma lands a nice right of his own. And then uh, we kind of just have Zuma grapple him. Grabs a clinch, uh, has the back body lock for like two minutes. I think he's landing some good knees. These are not storly knees. These are these are actually pretty good knees. Storly knees still cracks me up. Uh, Molina lands some little punches. I didn't really think much of them. I thought they were more like pitter-patter. I can see how they're becoming annoying. Uh, when they separated, Malia, Molina lands uh, some decent shots there. I think Zuma lands some decent shots of his own. I can totally see this going for Molina, but I think Zuma was uh, was the pick for me, so I went 10-9 Zuma. Yeah, I also went that same way as you, but I mean, I think it was really close, and you didn't even mention the fact that, that um, I thought Molina landed at least one. Was it just one, or was it more than one like decent leg kick, too? He did have a good—I thought that was round two. But he, I'm sure he did have a good. I want to say it was round one. one actually, okay. I, I could swear it was. Okay. And we just watched these actually together. We did, yeah. Which we don't usually get to watch together, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of things happen tonight we don't usually do. We we got together right after the fights, uh, mm-hmm. or not that long after the fights anyway, and uh, yeah, we're putting it out on a Sunday. But yeah, uh, definitely very close round. I don't think it's too crazy to go one way or the other. But I I saw it the same way as you. I saw it for Zuma Gulov, uh, which is the same. As the only judge who saw it that way, Mike Bell. Yeah. Sal D'Amato and Anthony Manis went the other way. So, Dan, what does that mean for Judge Bell? Couchside override. Meow, 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 meow. Maybe for him, he's, his should be like an actual like tolling of the bell. Yeah. and, and, and just But like, I can't make that noise, so yeah. we're not going to do that. Just know that the thought was there. Ding. If, you're, if your name is the name of something that produces a sound... I should be making a different noise, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, and just just for the record, my notes say Zuma. That's why I'm I'm, I'm saying it as Zuma. His name is Zuma Gulov. So you you're not referring to? It's just easier to type. You're not talking about my son's favorite Paw Patrol pup, Zuma. <laughs> Zuma, okay. Zuma, I don't is know the, any of Zuma's them. the orange one that drives the uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, hovercraft. Oh, well, hovercrafts are cool. Mm-hmm. Do you play? Remember that game F Zero? Yeah, Super I remember. Nintendo? That sure. was cool. That was a cool game. It's a hard game. I was playing it recently. Really? Oh yeah, and I was doing terrible. I maybe it's just because maybe it's just because I haven't played it in a while. I think I always picked the green one that looked like a kind of like a spaceship. I don't know. 
I have it on my uh, SNES Classic. You should come nice. over. We'll, right. we'll do that soon. Okay. Come over after we record this. It'll be like four yeah, in the morning. Totally. And you just yeah. come over and play yeah. Super Nintendo. No anyway. sleep needed. <laughs> no sleep, tail. Ever. All right, round two, though. Round two, Melina lands a good leg kick early off. Uh, off balance is Zuma Gulov. Uh, uh, it's it's the Paw Patrol pub Zuma. Yeah, Keep okay. going. We know who you mean. <laughs> Eventually, I mean, that that's pretty much it until Zuma grabs the back clinch again, continues attacking for takedowns against the fence. He's landing uh, some more knees back to the hamstring uh, while against the fence. And Molina's landing a bunch of what to me seem like pitter-patter shots. Probably annoying. Felder's saying these are decent shots. Maybe maybe cage size, they're better than what I'm seeing on TV. What I'm seeing on TV, I think they just seem more of an annoyance. Uh, then when they do separate, Zuma wobbles Molina with a left hook. I think it can be close enough to go Molina if you weigh those strikes heavier in the clinch than I do, but I don't, so I'm 10-9 Zuma Gulov. Yeah, that's the thing. I actually did weigh them a little heavier than you. Um, again, I don't, I don't know how close to the end of the fight he's really getting mm-hmm. here. It's it's hard to really say that, but yeah, I could see how they, they had a little bit more of an effect than just okay. pure pitter-patter. So, yeah, I ended up going that way. It's The problem with this whole fight, realistically, is it the fact horrible? that- It was horrible? Well, it was horrible, but the reason being that Zuma Gulov, who's trying to utilize his grappling his whole time, is not really doing much more than just trying to grapple. It is, I think I've seen this from Zuma Gulov before throughout his UFC run, and it's, just, it's kind of a frustrating thing because it creates these close fights, and he hasn't been winning, so it's not like this is- He's not winning all of them anyway. He just- are you are you learning this is the right way to do things? Not necessarily. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to point out that I thought this was going to be a fight that people lost their minds on <laughs> after the decision was read. Uh, it, it wasn't that extreme. There was a couple here and there. But yeah, the, I the... want to say it was Aaron Bronstetter pointed out that uh, I guess some people thought that it was crazy that Molina got a 30-27 I, I think that from also, Anthony Maness. I think that also hinges that Molina's reaction. I think that weighs into it a little bit. When he heard right. the thirty twenty seven, he immediately assumed he lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to. Everyone gets mad at the judges in close fights, and no one ever puts any blame on the fighters for leaving it that close. I was never a fan of when Dana White said, "Don't leave it in the hands of the judges." I get it. it it's hard to finish fighters, especially now because the skill level is just so much higher. Yeah, and but now you, and now MMA as a style it has made it harder to finish fights. I feel like, but I feel like you could at least separate yourself a little bit. Put a little separation between you, you guys. Like you don't have to finish, but you can you can help to put stamps on rounds by but, actually trying to fight. But I think part of that is it, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, the, I think part of that just comes from the fact that there's a, a total lack of understanding of what wins a round. Yeah, like if if Zuma Gulov's, you know, or I'll call him Zuma, you know, yeah, Zuma. I, we watch enough Paw Patrol yeah. in my house. Uh, <laughs> if Zuma is is in there, and, and now I'm just laughing at that. If Zuma's in there and thinking, okay, this is an effective way to win a round by grappling and you know landing here and there mm-hmm. and staying busy and keeping the position, he's listened to enough commentary of UFC fights possibly, or his coaches at least have, that says, yeah, this is what judges are looking for. This is what's winning the round or, or speculating is that what it is and never really getting like a true answer to it. It's not necessarily winning the round unless you're landing those bigger strikes and, and, it just comes from a lack of understanding. I feel like if more fighters were given the right information, I think more of them, within their, the best of their abilities, obviously it's still up to them to execute on the night of. And look, I've never fought, so I don't want to judge that. But man, if they just know that, hey, if I go out there and I'm putting it on my opponent more with my hands, like, you know, anyone who mm-hmm. watches a fight in a bar would assume is the way you're winning, you know, in a no weapon situation <laughs> you know that's 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 really what it is it just comes down to damage more or less like it's it's not it's obviously more nuanced than that but that's pretty simple hurt your opponent more and you're gonna win the round i was i i'm glad you brought that up because there was a there was a uh a, a mma coach who's, who's got some wins under his body i can't remember his name who was going after aljamain sterling and he said he the guy said I don't, I don't know his name and I wish I did. He said you're about as blind as the ref uh, as the judges that scored round one for you against Jan. And I was like, this is like a high profile or a guy with with great credentials in MMA coaching that doesn't understand. I wish you knew who like, this was because I actually missed I, this. I am trying to find it, but apparently Al Jermaine's Twitter is suspended. I just pulled it up. His Twitter suspended. It says account suspended unless I have the wrong name. Funkmaster underscore UFC. No, it said Funkmaster MMA. 
Okay, is it MMA? Yeah, I, I clicked it. I clicked it on the Google. No, Twitter that's a troll account, sir. Okay, that's why that's a Funkmaster MMA. Let me pull it up then. <laughs> pull up the real one because I can find it. Okay, yeah, Funkmaster MMA. There you go. Yeah. Okay, this was a couple days ago. Okay. So let me. Uh, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you find it while you do. I mean, I, there. I, I can. I could go into in more greater detail about the Paw Patrol if everybody wants to hear. I'm not going to. I'm, please don't turn us off. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I won't do that. <laughs> uh. It's, by the way, it should be Zuma, not Zuma. 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 But yes, yeah, so, and I just to wrap it up to that, uh, Anthony Maynus saw it for Molina just as I did. Uh, Judges Bell and D'Amato were the ones who saw it for Zuma Gulov, just like you, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, our, our judges, Bell and D'Amato, the ones that typically I would think of as the strongest judges kind of that we have there. Yeah, probably. But that doesn't necessarily make them right just because of that reputation, that kind of thing. I do I do think Anthony Maness has a good case for this round. I think it's perfectly fine to score it that way. I saw it that way. But okay. you can go the other way, too. Henry Cejudo's coach. Ah. Said it. HR? Was it? You talking about HR? No, hang on. I'm trying to find. I just know. I just that's trying to remember who the coach he was. Of. Which one are you talking about? Sorry, I think I'm going to say his name starts with an R. Oh, are you talking about Eric Albarcine? Yeah, that's it. Him. Okay. Well, he's he's got some strong opinions in there as well. That's not surprising. Like, I wonder. If it. I mean, if it's just trash talk, I guess it's probably just but, trash talk. Really, but still, you got to drag judges into it and call them blind for giving you a round that a lot of people are just arguing back and forth who won. Are you Are you surprised by this? Yeah, not really. You shouldn't be. I know. Yeah, that's who it was. But yeah, anyway, if you take it at face value, it's like, well, you don't really understand how you're this high profile, you know, coach. Yeah, I think you got to take it with a little more grain of salt, though. All right, fine, fair. I mean, what do you know? You're the one who's pulling up the wrong Twitter account. That's true too. What are you gonna do? (laughs) Let's move on. This is enough of this. Let's go to let's go to Joe Selecki uh, and Alex Da Silva. They had a majority decision go Selecki's way. It was twenty nine, twenty seven, and twenty eight. 27. Do I have that right? Yeah. And uh, 28, 28. Wild scores. You're not going to see that very 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 rare because we have a situation where round two is an 8-9 split that also featured a point deduction. Mm -hmm. And then round three is just a typical who won the round. So let's start with round two. Uh, and and all of you, yeah. Why don't you go through the events of the round? Yeah. So Lucky gets a takedown pretty much right right from the jump, uh, and works his way to the back. It's one way traffic. He has the the body triangle, and he's just attacking rear naked choke the whole time, uh, keeping uh De Silva on the defensive. De Silva keeps putting his toes in the cage, as we mentioned earlier, and he keeps you yeah, know we went through a lot of this already, and but... he he keeps sticking his hands, his fingers into the gloves of Selecki to defend the choke. He's warned numerous times, and finally, a points deducted by uh, Tonyoni, who just announced. He just yells it out because Selecki's still in a, a quite the advantageous position, uh, which we both agree is the way to do it. Absolutely. Like um, he's landing some ground and pound, like he, look, some punches here and there, low damage, but I think dominance and duration are there, checked so solidly. That I like a ten eight here, and with the point deduction, it's a ten seven. Yeah, I do too. Um, this is this is of course a round that yes, because we don't have the damage there, we're not typically seeing judges score this as a ten eight. I feel like we've actually seen a pattern when it comes to Derek Cleary, though. I feel like he is scoring these mm-hmm. at eights relatively I, consistently. I agree. Just and that's just observationally because we do mm-hmm. look at these every week. I I don't have any specific data on that, but yeah, I, I would say that Derek Cleary has has gone for the eight many times in rounds like this, and I and I commend him for it. I think yeah. it, there's by the rules as they are written, he is doing nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong, and there is nothing wrong necessarily with a commission saying, well, you know what, because it's you know it can consider it being an eight as opposed to a nine without damage or what, you know, you can, you can say, we don't want to see those as eights that can kind of be, mm. you know, implied or mandated or what have you, whatever it is that's going on uh, with X commission, you know, here or there, it seems like in Nevada, it's certainly happening or has been happening anyway. Um, it's, that's technically within the rules too, but mm. yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this being an eight. So I scored it an eight as well, just like you, just like Derek Cleary. Um, Sal D'Amato, Adelaide Bird, they did not. They had this as a 9. And once again, when we say a 9, there's a point deduction. So it's really a 10-8 versus a 
We don't have a lot of conversations right, about yeah. eight and seven splits, right. but you know, that's <laughs> that's because of a lost point. It's not it's not like we're talking about, you know, the the total beatdown of the of a seven versus an eight. Like we like the only time we ever really had that conversation uh was for the Hamza Shemaev ten mm-hmm. seven that uh it was uh Mark Collette, the English judge, gave that. We haven't seen one since. Now I know now years. I know now I know ten six is not a not a, a right score a score you can give. You can get a ten. You can you, you can get, get a, a ten, ten six, six with a point deduction. A point deduction. Okay. That's how you can get there. Okay. It's, I mean, it's very, already a unicorn yes. to get a, a yeah. ten seven. Even one of them out of three. Just check. So just to, <laughs> yeah. So so if uh, if Hamzat has beaten the the crap out of uh, was it was it Reese McKee that he got it on or was it John Phillips? I can't remember which of the ones. Uh, I think I it was feel one like of the John two. Phillips was more of a beatdown. I can't. But I'm not anyway. sure. Uh, it's one of those two, but anyway, whichever whichever one it was, let's say the other guy, you know, he like I don't know, poked him in the eye or something, or tried to fish hook him to get out of there, <laughs> just 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 yeah. something desperate to get out. Yeah, you lost the point too. Oh yeah, so now it goes from a seven to a six. <laughs> that would be something. Uh, it'd be it'd be funny. To get out. You can't take a point from me. I already lost three. I'm gonna say this without actually verifying it. And look, if if I'm wrong, I would love to hear the example where I am wrong, but. I'm gonna say with confidence, there has never been a 10-6 round in MMA. In never, all of never MMA. happened. Wow. Never happened. Okay. I'm gonna say that. I'm just gonna say it as blindly confident as I possibly okay. can. But again, someone's got uh, an example. Otherwise, let me know because we will definitely talk about that. Yeah, round. that'd be wild. I would love to hear about that uh, and make sure we can verify that in some way too. Uh, but yeah, so that that was uh, that was round two. Of course, we have much more natural conversation about round three it's it's really just who won the round uh in this case yeah oh by the way what hold on a sec before we do that sir and this is my fault for, for oh i know where you're far. going yeah, there's there's something i was supposed to do what yeah. is it though? you, you don't want to forget remember. about this can't remember it give him his couch head over that's for uh judge clearly yes actually no he he's he was clearly this time because uh joe martinez was there bruce buffer was off i love joe martinez look i like buffer too it's just Sorry, one of them actually gets the names right most of the time. <laughs> anyway, round three. Yeah, this was a very close round. Uh, early Selecki's landing the better strikes. I think he's landing a couple of good leg kicks from De Silva. Uh, but I think the combinations from Selecki were just a little bit more impactful. But as the fight goes on, De Silva gets a takedown. And he lands some good ground and pound here. Two solid elbows. Then invites him back up to the feet. They says, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to kick you in the legs one more time. Then he's like, okay, come back up. We're good. Let's go again. Uh, then they continue to trade. The Silva's landing some pretty heavy shots here. He's getting good reactions. Selecki's head's like can snap at like three feet. Uh, Selecki keeps firing back. He's landing some good ones of his own. But I think the Silva gets the nod. I think he's clearly, uh, not clearly, He's uh, he's got the edge in the immediate impact. So I'm 10-9 to Silva. Yeah. I did too. I nothing else to add for that one, sir. It was it was really close. He just didn't quite get there, yeah, right? It was a fun round. He just didn't. Yeah, it was good. It definitely yeah. was a fun round. I liked I liked the the end of this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, we went we went with Judge Cleary and Bird here. Judge uh, Damato was on his own for Selecki, but yeah, I was very close to going Selecki's mm-hmm. way. I just maybe with just a if he had like a little bit more time at the current rate he was going, he right. might have been able to overtake him, but. Can only weigh those five minutes, right? Yep. And he had a good start. So yeah. And that's it. That's uh, that's it for this fight. Anyway, we've got three more rounds from individual fights here, as opposed to having two from each fight. The next two are ten eight ten nine situations, and in both cases, uh, it's Judge Doug Crosby who is the out judge, and it's one in one. It's an eight, and one's a nine. It's, he just wasn't quite. Looks it looks like he's having trouble finding the right kind of zone of how mm. everyone else was seeing eights and nines. So why don't we why don't we start with most most of uh, against Danny Ige, right? It was thirty twenty seven twice and a thirty twenty six. So like I said, Doug Crosby is the one who gives the eight score in round three, as opposed to Judges Bell and uh, Junichiro Camillo saw this as a ten nine. So Dan, why are we talking about this? It it, it it's a one way round. For sure, and and I wish rounds like this were just auto eights. Uh, but for a good portion of the round, I felt Evlaev was just working position. Uh, he eventually does start landing some good strikes, good ground and pound. Looks to be pushing for a finish, and he starts and it started getting close for me. I'm like, okay, maybe the eight, may he's gonna get there. But uh, Ige starts landing some elbows thrown, you know, from the ground, uh, and they get it back to the feet, which basically kind of I guess took Evlaev's momentum. 
pretty much if he if he's able to keep it there and and continue raining, I my might get there. Um, and then he just takes him back down and and kind of just let the round run out. Uh, he didn't get that. Uh, he didn't uh cross over the threshold for me. So I'm just ten nine of love. Yeah, I I can't necessarily tell you you're wrong for any of what you said. It makes a lot of sense. But I did see it uh, as an eight for his eleven. Maybe I'm just trying to push harder for eights this week. For I would some love if this another. was, I don't like know. I said, auto eight. I would like yeah, it, rounds it, like this. It, it feels like that you actually. I, I think there's some damage being done. It's not crazy mm-hmm. damage, so I think that's probably why. Yeah, maybe it's mm-hmm. tougher to check damage for this this particular round. You know, our dominance and duration there. I feel like they are. I feel like you can make the case that yeah, they are. I think you could. Um, it's maybe not the strongest. Is is the tough part there? So. But yeah, it's this is what I've been calling them lately, and I've probably said this on the show, is this is a different round. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a different round, you know? And I think rounds like that, there should be room in the criteria. There isn't right now, and to, to word it this particular way, but there should be room in the criteria that just says, look, this round is, it's not the same as another round. This is such a clear, obvious round. It's almost like an, anything that's like an obvious mm-hmm. round. You know, unequivocally, and I don't mean obvious to the people watching at home because they think everything is obvious even when it's super <laughs> close. I'm talking about trained judges. When they sit there and they say, look, this is a no-brainer. It has to be this guy. There should be room to give that round a different score. We're not there. We're not there, obviously. And that's not why I gave this round a 10-8 because that wouldn't make sense. I think I, I have – I'm going with, I guess, possibly a weaker case for dominance and duration is what mm. I'm I'm doing here. Okay. So, and I'll admit that it, it's it's a very close one. Realistically, you probably got a stronger argument, but I just I guess I could kind of when I'm watching this, this is what I felt in the time. Yeah. And you know, I judges when they sit there at the end of the round, they have to get their score right away, right? Mm-hmm. I try to do that too. I try to make yeah. sure I make my decision the moment the horn sounds, and I say, okay, this is what it is. Because if if I'm being fair. To the judges we talk about every week, you really got to think about it in the same mm-hmm. way they have to think about it. So mm-hmm. that's where I go. Sometimes we revisit them and we talk about it. But I, I again, I always try to keep the context. So. Okay. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so no uh, cowside override for Doug Crosby on this one. But I, I did see it his way. All right. So ra- uh, that was it for that fight, of course. Renata Fakrit. I'm not going to say his name right. I'm probably just going to. I'm probably just going to curse. Fakradinov. <laughs> Fakradinov. Uh, d- got the win over Andreas Mikhailidis. Two 30-26s and a 30-27. Again, it's round three. And again, it's Doug Crosby who saw uh, things differently in an 8-9 split than his compatriots. It was Chris Lee and Tony Weeks, who we hadn't seen much of, I think, in a couple months, realistically. Uh, so it was interesting to see him back on there. Uh, they both gave 10 eighths to uh, Fakradinov. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this one? Oh, well, uh, Fakradinov gets uh, a quick takedown uh, and starts landing some ground and pound. He lands some good elbows, opens up a nice cut, solid amount of blood uh, coming from it. Uh, but I feel the attacks were more intermittent, and I think he could have probably finished it had he pushed further, pushed harder. It's another one-way traffic round, so I'd love rounds like this, again, auto eight. But I don't think he really pushed for the finish. I think he took too much time to just hang on to position for a while in between his attacks. Uh, that's why I didn't go there. I think damage is definitely there. I'll say that. Uh, as far as duration, dominance, weaker cases there, I think. I think dominance you can check. Okay. I, I do feel like dominance is actually there. And I think that the combination of damage and dominance is, is what probably pushes it over the top for judge. I'm, I'm assuming for judges uh, Lee and Weeks here. Because, mm-hmm. the, you know, once you get damaged, they want damage. The, the, yeah. Obviously, the, everything is all about damage, damage, yeah. damage now. Yeah. So if you have it there, definitely makes it a lot easier as long as you get the other, uh, the other like, one other D there. You can make that case yeah. a lot better. You're very anti-eight uh, today, I feel like. I wasn't in Selecki and Da Silva. That's true. But but in this in this one, I was... So for these last two rounds, the ones that Crosby's in the minority here, uh, you were the nines and I was the eights. We we were flipped on each of them. I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> we each so, took a turn hanging out with Doug. We did. We did. So he's off the hook. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not too crazy here or anything like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you saw it his uh, his way as the nine. I saw it the eight uh, for Fakradino. Uh, along with Chris Lee and Tony Weeks, but yeah, so we're so we're just we're just split here. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's just two splits on the on the eight nine situation. But yeah, 
the language, I think it just it just needs to be revisited more. I hope that whatever mm-hmm. committee it is that you know the rules and regs committee or whatever, I hope they're doing their homework. I, I trust that they're doing their best to try and come up yeah. with. I know they the said right. right. They said it was written purposeful, purposely vague, right? Yeah. Well, the criteria itself, yeah, of course, it was written purposely vague. But I feel like they don't. I mean, I feel they can tighten it up. They're definitely. And I've I've spoken to officials privately before about kind of some of the ideas I have, or like realistically, like hey, this is there's some holes here, you know. Even if you think that the the document is is pretty solid, there's ways to shore it up. I like I like it to be a bit more rigid in some areas. In some areas, I feel like there there should be room for some rigidity there. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, it's it's complicated. It really is mm-hmm. complicated because I do understand the reason why it was left vague. Like some people don't get it. Some people want everything to be outlined. You can't outline it all. It's it's true. It's been explained to us before by I want to say it was Rob Hines and, and probably uh Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald, or, yeah. You know, even Ben Carlage if he was on you know when he was on the show. I can't remember who it was necessarily who was telling us this. We had a great summer talking to some very uh knowledgeable, respectful respected officials uh that two years ago and i think they taught us a lot but sometimes it's been a while so now it's running mm-hmm. together who said what yeah but at any rate uh i just i do think that you need it to be vague mm-hmm. for to a point but you do need probably to continue to mature the language that's in here and, and revisit it it's not it's not where it should be it, it can grow we can grow a oh, one more fight right? we do have one more fight sir and that is uh damon jackson against daniel argetta he got the win, of course, Damon Jackson, 30-27 twice, and a 29-28. So we're only talking about round winner, and in this case, it is round three. When the fight was already, uh, Argetta has to finish it to win it, basically, or, or get a 10-8, which yeah, we know didn't mm-hmm. happen. Uh, what is happening in this round that we're kind of talking about who may have won? Yeah, they, uh, kind of different from how the first two rounds went. They actually, they both come out and they're striking. Actually, Argetta's coming, he's pushing, he's like, I, I know I got to finish. So I'm going to try to finish. And they both land in heavy strikes early. But Argetta rocks Jackson and drops him. Continues to land the better shots until uh, he, he decides to attack, it, uh, attack a takedown. But once he gets it down, Jackson scrambles and is able to get the top position. And, and hangs out there for the remainder of the round, pretty much. He's setting up an arm triangle from top half guard, but never really able to attack it. Uh, this goes on for basically the full, almost two minutes of that final uh, round around maybe like 10 seconds left he said he lands a couple strong elbows in the final seconds but I, I think Argueta was was more immediately impactful and more effective uh during this round I can totally see an argument for Jackson now more so than I did live when I served to score 30 27 for Jackson I thought well that's kind of silly uh but I can uh I can understand it now so how dare you refer to another <laughs> man as silly no I'm just kidding it's fine because you're silly like that <laughs> Uh yeah, <laughs> it was it was Chris Lee and Anthony Manis who saw this one for Jackson. It was Mike Bell who saw this one for Argetta, and I have to agree with you. I have to agree with Mike Bell. I think this is an Argetta round. I do think yeah, Jackson comes on pretty strong at the end. At the very end, he starts to tip it, and he's got you know that that time on the mat for quite a little while, and you know there's there's something there. But yeah, I just it damages what's winning out for me, mm-hmm. and I think damages again what you're really looking for. You're looking for who was the most effective in terms of trying to end the fight. And yeah, Jackson was pretty effective in what he was trying to do the first two rounds in particular, but round three is, I don't know if he was necessarily able to accomplish that to the degree of outweighing everything that Argetta did when mm-hmm. he, when he felt the heat and he knew he had to do something, he was succeeding and, and Jackson wasn't able to bring it down like he wanted to. That kind of carried over from the round before where, he was, you know, he was right, in control yeah. most of the round, but at the end, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah there, there's something here. It's actually turned into a bit of a fight, and it was nice to see this turn into a bit of a fight after the first two rounds of, of just utter, you know, control, dominance, whatever word you want to use that really just meant that it's, this was all Jackson's fight for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you and I, we're, we're on the Argetta train with uh, Mike Bell, and, and only Mike Bell, so that oh. means what for, uh, for Mike Bell? For the second time, catch that override. Ding dong ding. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. I thought the Undertaker was coming. Um, ooh, ooh. We should probably license that sound. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to pay for it, but it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's it for uh contestant. Can you imagine rounds. we get a cease and desist from WWE? I <laughs> gosh. I would frame it. 
I'd be so happy. Well, what if actually the Undertaker showed up behind you, kind of like in the in that meme everyone does with AJ Styles? Or I'd be, you know, I'd from, be. Uh, yeah. Was it the, what did they call the Boneyard match? I didn't watch yeah, it, like the, so obviously. So during COVID, they got into those cinematic matches. Yeah, I heard about these. Yeah. So, but yeah, everyone uses that GIF of, of mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's AJ Styles, right? Is that yeah, his name? AJ yeah. Styles. And, and he's he's like, oh, he's all excited, and then behind him is the Undertaker. <laughs> and I, I'm just imagining him appearing behind you now. I know I'd be scared because as a kid, I'd turn uh, the channel when he was doing his entrance mm. and then, you know, try to time it when, it, you know, the match was going to start <laughs> to put it back on. So Look, don't be scared, homie. <laughs> if you had, if you had, had Nick only, Diaz wide words before, you would have been fine. Had only I'd known Nick Diaz <laughs> then. Uh, that That is it, though, for, for the rounds. Uh, nine finishes, like we mentioned. Five of them were KO or TKO, four subs. Uh, one or five, excuse me, first round finishes, four of which were on the main card, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what a what a wild one! And or uh, was it five? How many? How many were on the main card? Was it four or five? No, it was, it was a it was a six they card were... six fight main card, and oh, they had five in the first round. I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. No, 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 no. One one of them I think was round two. Okay. Anyway, it that's not terribly important. We're just slicing things all sorts of ways. What was your favorite of the finishes, sir? Oh, Saint Denise over Stolch. Saint Denis. Saint Denis. I don't even think I'm saying Stoltz right. Probably uh, not. But I thought his back take straight to the body triangle was was one of the slickest I've seen in, in a long time, and he had just attacked the neck right after. And it's not very often you get a rear naked choke where you fully get the hand behind the guy's head, which he had it locked in and and got the tap. I thought that was just pretty awesome. You are quite the grappling nerd, sir. I I I enjoyed that. A lot. No, that's I, fine. Also, I like it I, too. I also like Darren Blanchfield's uh, guillotine. The standing guillotine. Yeah. I, mean, I I think it was more of a fortunate situation how she got there, but once she got there, it, it was it was pretty sick. So now the kid's got skills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm interested to to watch her continue to climb up the ladder. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they give her take her take some time and and build her up right. Mm-hmm. Because well, she she's wants still... Macy Barber next, so you I know guess what? Work. I, you know, at least Macy Barber's still kind of a, a essentially a prospect mm. as well. Yeah, I can be all right with that. Yeah. What was your favorite? Uh, I liked uh, Ode Osborne uh, getting the yep. the t- the KO in sixty one seconds on Zaruka Dashev. I mean, he hits so hard. This kid, that, I mean, he's not yeah. a kid. He's thirty. I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty seven next week. Actually, by the time we record again, I'll be thirty seven. Apparently, you know what? Apparently, thirty is kid age at mma and dana calls every single person in the world kid apparently well, he's so. almost 60 so <laughs> he's not he's in his 50s i think he's like 52 or something so he's almost 60 <laughs> he's eight off <laughs> I'm not. I'm not usually in the position where I'm defending Dana, but I mean, <laughs> let's get the facts right. I'm. I'm. I'm probably wrong on his age too, but I think he's early fifties. All right. Uh, but yeah. So uh, Odie Osborne, he just hits so hard, and I knew he was gonna knock this kid out because this this matchmaking just didn't seem right to me. Uh, Dashev Bellator was doing matchmaking. <laughs> it was a little bit like that, but yeah, I, I like I like Ode Osborne. I like watching him fight. Whenever he's on, I'm very interested. So yeah, and he he delivered. He delivered yeah, again. He definitely delivered. And he, he and Zaruk Adashev got pummeled after he got knocked out. What did I say to you? I said he was counting ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Shadow Realm, and and, mm-hmm. and I just didn't want to yeah. say Shadow Realm. So I'm like, oh, he's counting ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Realm is since uh, Mearshart used it. It's kind of become very popular it has it has everybody uses it and i i, I almost just don't want to use it mm-hmm. not because i i mean you're sure I, I is a fun personality in the sport anyway but i i feel like i just wanted to say something different so mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> i'm just I, that's me different to be different typical mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it for this card though i think we can turn the page now to ufc 275 which is the pay-per-view that i've been looking to for a while because it's my birthday. Yeah. It's Scott's birthday. And we're going to go watch the fights together somewhere. Yes, we will. I made sure to uh, arrange to not be working that day, although I'll still come home and, and write a column because that's what I want to do. Uh, but yeah, I'll actually get to just kind of enjoy the fights instead of having to mm-hmm. watch them while I'm also doing other work related activities, which is not always the most fun way to do stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for. Uh, Glover Teixeira's first title defense against Yuri Prohaska. I've spoken to both of these men in the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, hopefully you will check out some of my interesting content that I've produced mm-hmm. for New York Post mm-hmm. on this fight. But, uh, Dan, what, what's your uh, what's your take on this Ooh, one? I don't know. 
Because like, I'm not making picks. I, I told you, I don't want to make picks anymore. Well, here's the thing. Like, Glover loves to get rocked and then come back. So he I think does, Prochaska... Uh, he does keep on ticking after taking that licking. Prochaska can definitely rock him. I think we're gonna have. I think it's gonna be more competitive. I think people are kind of writing Glover off in this match. I think there has been kind of a, a, a general sense like for a long crowning. time that there's. Yeah, it's almost like he's just kind of holding. Yeah. the belt for even if it's not now, like eventually it's going to be Prohaska. A lot of people just seem to assume this, right? Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a competitive fight. You know, even if he does lose, I think he's gonna show that he he he. Uh, Gave Prochaska more of a, a fight than people are expecting. It's Prohaska. Prohaska. If he's going to be the champ, you got to get the name right, sir. Oh, yeah. That's only I'm just going to call him Champ Yuri if he wins. Champ his, Yuri. Well, his name's not that hard. It's not like Jon Jacek, which is spelled in, in I guess it's a Polish pronunciation, but it's, it's spelled like Jedrzejczyk. It is, yeah. That's a different one. But Prohaska, that's not too bad. It you is just, easy. You it just kind of don't say the C there. You don't say the C. But yeah. I like Yuri is a cool name, though. Yuri is Yuri. a cool name, yeah. Maybe if he added a TA in front, he can be Tajiri. He's going to hit Glover with some green mist and uh, then elbow him to get the win. I believe he it's it's not a nickname, but it's like a slogan that he has that's BJP. Do you know what BJP stands for? BJ Penn. No, it's not BJ. Well, okay. Technically, <laughs> you're not wrong. It actually does stand for BJ Penn, but that's not what it is in this particular case. Uh, his nickname, or not nickname, like I said, it's it's more of a slogan. BJP, BJP is some sort of Polish saying that I am not going to attempt to, to butcher, but I will say that the English pronunciation or the English translation, according to Wikipedia, is bomb the ish out of them. That's an awesome nickname, and I hope Wikipedia isn't wrong. Again, it's a catchphrase. So. It's a catchphrase. And he uses it on his like clothing and stuff. Uh, I like that. That's awesome. You should, if, he, if he becomes the champ, you should get a BJP shirt. I will. Because then you can also say it's for BJ Penn. Okay. <laughs> Baby J Penn. No matter what, you win anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, You got a pick in this fight? No. You know what? I'm not picking. You're done you making know what, picks, he, too? You know, here's the thing. You're, you're giving up, too? I thought a you week, liked doing this. A week before I make my picks with on this show, mm-hmm. and then a week later, when I'm ready to make my bets, I completely pick different. Right. So it's like a... No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I think it's gonna be a more competitive fight than people are giving it a chance for. I think so, you're taking a cue out of uh, Matthew Wells, who was on our show recently, out of his playbook by avoiding making picks until later in the yeah, week. Yeah, it's officially. just it's just a bit early. It's, it's a smart. Honestly, when he said that, it made a lot of sense yeah. to me in general because I, I it's you know the next fight. How I will much make more a are you gonna for, form though. your opinion? right now like you, you've got a lot of research to do we don't have that yeah. much time to, to plan every week it's a new thing right you know so yeah that makes sense yeah the next fight i, I will make a pick all right because i, I, I think it's probably not. a little easier to yeah. make a pick in this fight you have valentina shevchenko against tyla santos uh shevchenko of course defending her women's flyweight title for mm-hmm. what the sixth time or seventh time i it, it's some absurd number that i feel like it it's it's quietly gotten that high yeah but she just she chugs along. She wins two fights a year and just crushes everybody. I know it's kind of a little later for her to make her first fight of the year. Doesn't sound like it was necessarily her idea because I spoke to her recently as mm-hmm. well. And it sounds like she's very interested in getting a second title defense in this year. Very highly motivated okay. to do so, mm-hmm. or or at least a second fight, whether it's a title defense or you know going up to challenge for the thirty five belt. Uh, you know. We didn't talk about that because it sounds like everybody talks about it with her. So I, I avoided that subject. I okay. want to go touch other areas in the 10 minutes I had with her. But, uh, I mean, are you interested in this fight? Yeah, I think Taylor Santos is an interesting interesting fighter there. What's kind of neat about so. these two is that both of them, each of them has a parent who was a Muay Thai coach. Oh. So Taylor Santos' father was her Muay Thai coach, or maybe is still. Uh, and Valentina Sevchenko's mother was a champion in Muay Thai and is the head of, uh, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly which former Soviet Republic she comes from. But, uh, yeah, from that, from the nation that she hails from. Yeah, it's I just mean, escaping me at the moment. I mean, what's so. interesting, at least it's an in, it's a new matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Cause that, that she has a bunch of those. Time. She turns them away so. and reminds us why uh, she's that much <laughs> better than everybody else. Yeah, mm. yeah I, I'm, you know. I think it's not hard to predict how this is when this one's going to go. And would there be a surprise in there? Sure, could happen. But yeah, maybe yeah. she maybe she like, wins by sub. That's okay. Like maybe All keep right. it a 
something like that. Fair enough. Uh, the judges for UFC 275, this being in Singapore, and I believe the UFC is probably acting as its own commission in this sense. Mm-hmm. They are going to be hiring their officials and everything like that. So I would bet based on past practices and, and little rumblings of what I've heard as well, it's probably going to be a combination of English judges and Aussie judges. The English judges we have uh, we hold in high regard. They, they equip themselves very well. At events, uh, the Aussie judges are a lot more mixed. So here's hoping that, I guess if I was to make any prediction, I would say that probably neither of these title fights is actually going to need to be worrying about a close fight or even getting the distance. That's kind of where I feel. So I, hopefully the judges will not necessarily need to assert themselves in the decision of this fight one way or the other, either, either of these title fights. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. Or hopefully they just staff the best they're, best judges. Hopefully they're all English judges because I have a lot of trust in them. <laughs> I, I I think they're gonna need it in the next fight. They might, yeah. Because uh, the first one, they, the other fights that we're interested in, of course, uh, it's a no brainer that the other most interesting fight here is the Zhang Weili against Yuanna Yonjacek rematch at 115 pounds. This mm-hmm. fight is one of my all-time favorites. It's 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 Period. definitely it's definitely hitting uh the Hall of Fame at some point. It's oh it has to um, 100%. I honestly most sequels don't live up to uh to the uh to the original, the original and especially I, not I, in the fight game for sure. And I, I think that's going to hold true here. I think we probably I'm not saying that that they, they're not going to throw themselves into the fire the way they did the, in in the first fight, but they each took a lot of damage in that fight. It's going to play out different. And and I don't know if, even if it's subconscious, if you're willing to just go do that again, even though it's, even if it's only three rounds uh, instead of five. So I just thought of a good nickname if you were a grappling expert, subconscious. (laughs) All right. I like that. The subconscious. Oh, wow. Look at that. Right? The subconscious podcast. Like a really good. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There's your spinoff from Couchside (laughs) Judges when when you do a grappling heavy show. We'll see. I don't know who you'll do that with. It won't be me. I think you'll find have to find a better partner okay. for that <laughs> than me. My 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 plate's getting very full. I have, I already have two podcasts and a lot of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously you're not making picks at this point. But I mean, are you do you do you at least think you'll still be entertained by this? Oh, fight? I think so. Yeah, okay. I mean it's, it's it's exciting. I just I just know. I mean, you look at uh, you even brought this up to me the other day. Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner rematch. Oh yeah, which, absolutely. It's like, one got so much better, I mm-hmm. think, was the difference. They, they yeah. were still earlier in their careers. That's true too. So that it's tough. These these are two women who are still, you know, if they're not at the top of their game, it's because they're just past it, but maybe not by too much. It's hard to tell because Joanna hasn't fought in more than two years, right? We mm-hmm. don't really know where she's at, but you know, there are people who could watch that fight and make the case that she won the fight and is the mm-hmm. rightful champion. So mm-hmm. you know. It's hard to it's hard to gauge. I'm interested to see what she looks like two years later. Maybe maybe that time off does her good. It, you know, it could it could. I'm supposed to be talking with her this week, so you know, I'm interested if, to find out kind of how she feels. The the last two years off has been for her. If nothing else, it should at least you know help you know let her body recover a little bit. Not being in such a hard training camp. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I would think so. I'm sure she was still training, but yeah, it's still training. But you're not in train. You're not in training camp. It's it's very I think different. It's different. It's so. different. It's different. Um, anything else you wanted to see on this one? Yeah, I added There's definitely a couple for me. Yeah, there there is. Uh, I added it. I don't know if it got onto your outline. It's definitely on mine. Uh, Jacob Malkoon nope. and Brendan Allen. Okay, at 185, I think that's an interesting matchup. Uh, I think Malkoon uh is a nice grinding fighter, and Allen, wow, you described someone that everybody loves to watch. And but but Brendan Allen is kind of. Uh, leave it all out there. Throw the kitchen sink at you. Mm-hmm. Also, very good at grappling. Uh, Would you say he's subconscious? <laughs> might be. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. So that's one I'm looking forward to. Okay. Now I'm very excited actually for a uh, male cop because he's always interesting to mm-hmm. watch. Uh, him and Jose Bontarin. Yep. Are going to be a good fight at 125 pounds. Will Bontarin make 125? Will Will Manel cop? Okay. Yeah, that's a good point, too. He's missed three, too. <laughs> I was telling you before, he missed weight against uh, Ode Osborne. They should have just said, you know, let's just do it as a 35. Oh, why don't they? Yeah. How about we just not cut weight anymore? Yeah. Like, we get just the show up. Both we look similar in size. You're probably not going to, you know, show up like, you know, Patty Pimlet. <laughs> be a heavyweight. But, uh, yeah, that one should be fun. Flyweights are often very fun. I think we we all kind of know that. As long as the right, the right flyweights. I think mm-hmm. Jem Molina and... and uh, Zaruka, uh, not Zaruka Dashev, and uh, 
Zagazuma Gulov. That fight wasn't the most interesting at Flyweight, but no. Oni Osborne certainly was. Hmm. Uh, that lived up to the hype. Jack Della Maddalena, I think uh, all of us are pretty interested in oh, yeah. his development at uh, 170 pounds. Ramazan Amiyev, though, he is not always the most interesting fighter. So this could go one of two ways. It could either be a very interesting fight for an interesting prospect, or it could be a wet blanket fight with Ramazan Amiyev. So I'm I'm putting it on here as one I'm interested in, but it's one that I'm also nervous about. I'm pretty confident in Della in this one. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Ramazan Amiyev is in a lot of split decisions, sir. So I bet you we'll be talking about this one. Wait, next so week. you're saying bet? Split decision. <laughs> Please don't. I am not telling anyone to do anything with their money, except give it to me. Yeah. Just give me money. <laughs> I got home projects I'm working on. Please help out. <laughs> and that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We will be back again next week, most likely on Monday after Scott's birthday. So happy birthday to Scott. Yes. Send, like I said, money. Uh, send all your valuables. Give me, <laughs> give me all of your stock options and things. I would like that. That's a nice present. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the week and enjoy the fights next weekend. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>